Episode 6. The moon with the rebel base will be in range in 30 minutes, 30 minutes. Every time Catherine revved up the microwave, I'd piss my pants and forget who I was for a half hour or so. It's 30 minutes away. I'll be there in 10. I'll be there in 10. Is this a five-minute argument or a full half hour? You have 30 minutes to move your car. Your car. You have 30 minutes to move your cube. Your cube. You are listening to A Half Hour Wasted, the only podcast endorsed by Space Aliens. And now, here are your hosts, Brad Milo and Frank A. Rincon. And that's why uh, Plaster of Paris is not the same thing as flour. (laughs) I, that... I discovered that the hard way. I bet. I it bet. was the worst birthday ever. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Hey, guys. It's me, Frank A. Rincon. And me, Bradley Keith Milo. And welcome to A Half Hour Wasted episode. What episode are we? Episode six. Episode six. Wow. This is another uh, wing it episode, I think. This is going to be total Seinfeld. We just got a whole bunch of media in front of us, books and stuff like that. And yeah, we'll see how it goes. We had the opportunity to record, so we said, yeah, might as well. Because, you know, we have we have real jobs. We have crazy lives during the week. Yeah, we do. Uh, well, okay, Brad, let's see. I know, let's start off with comments. I know we got a lot of them. We got a couple. Okay. Let's uh, see. Um, we got an email from my brother again. Oh, your brother. Yeah, he was talking about episode five. Uh, we we talked about Marvel and DC, and we made versus DC, and we made some comments about, um, you know, what was it that got us liking what we liked, right? And you know, I said, was it because we grew up reading what that read? You know, it was because of what we grew up reading and what we read first. And right. he said, isn't that always the way it is? My brother sends an email. He says, Brad, I kept waiting for the story in your background where we both received the shot in the arm, kick in the seat of the pants gift from our great uncle. I think that had much to do with not only your Marvel favoritism, but also your love for comics as well. Frank, I kept waiting for the story in your background where we shared a class together at UNT. <laughs> I think somehow it reinforced your already strong passion for comics. Kevin. <laughs> That's right, Kevin. We did. We had introduction to theater. And I can't remember the um, the professor's name for that, but he was pretty um, flamboyant. I guess you could say. Theater, huh? Yes. Introduction to theater. But you know what? The guy the guy knew his, his theatrical okay. history. And, you know, uh, it's kind of funny. Yes, th- those were good times. That one class we The one had. class, you and Frank go way back, don't yeah. you, Kevin? What, uh, he's, what he's talking about here is from our great uncle. Oh, uh, yeah. What is that? My dad's uncle, mm-hmm. my dad's dad's brother, mm-hmm. great uncle Ray, uh, he let's see. I'm trying to remember when it was. I'm 37 now. Was I like 10 years old? Maybe it was a long time ago. 27 years ago. Yeah, it might have been. Um, we live in Texas and have for a long time. They live in Connecticut, so we would go up to Connecticut to see uh, my great grandmother. Okay. My dad's grandma, Uncle Ray's, and my grandfather's mother. Mm-hmm. And um, we would also go see Uncle Ray and Aunt Evelyn. 
and we'd go eat pizza at Pepe's Pizza. If anybody's ever in in uh, Connecticut, I think it's uh, Hartford, Connecticut. Uh-huh. Pepe's Pizza. It's pretty out of this world. Local, local joint. Yeah. Or? Okay. Yeah. Anyway, um, so one day my uncle says, "Hey, I got something for you and your brother." And uh, w- turns out, long story short, it was like at four long boxes of what? four long boxes of comics from the attic of a man who used to go to their church. He had died recently, uh-huh. so they were cleaning out his possessions. And in his attic were four long boxes of extremely old comics. Wow. And last, You've never told me this story. Last episode, remember I had that amazing Spider-Man from the year I was born? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That came from that Whoa. collection. And, of course, I was 10, and I didn't understand the value of comics much less old comics mm-hmm. so i looked through them all and i thought "Ooh, spider-man i'm keeping the spider-man stuff and "Ooh, there's batman and there's superman i'm keeping those but i'm going to give daredevil and the avengers and sergeant fury and his howling commandos uh-huh. and um these old aquamans and and all these old westerns and romance comics and avengers old avengers yeah and yeah yeah I'm going to give them all to Kevin because I don't care about them. All I want is Batman, Superman, and Spider-Man, you right. know? And I'm extremely regretful of doing that. <laughs> I could have been the mean brother and, and kept all those, uh, you know, all those old, cool old Marvel yeah, comics, which yeah. is really what I what I, what I wanted to do. I recently, after I discovered drawer boxes, um, I asked Kevin to let me have all his old comics, and I didn't put them... And drawer boxes because uh-huh. I'm cheap. Uh-huh. But what I did, I guess you can't say I'm cheap because what I did was I rebagged and boarded every one of his comics, which 99% of them weren't in bags and boards. Right, right. They were in old bread sacks and tortilla sacks. <laughs> tortilla sacks. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I just want to see the... The levels. Yeah. Um, Didn't want to peek there. No, it's fine. So... I went and bagged and boarded them all with with the uh, self-sealing comic yeah. book bags that yeah. my local store uh-huh, uh-huh. sells. And um, anyway, that's what Kevin's talking about. Okay. The old shot in the arm, kicking the seat of the pants gift from our uncle. Well, you know what? Um, you, you know, I, I always hear people, like, they say, oh, I wish I had hold on, held on to those comic books. I'm sure they're worth, like, a trillion dollars now. But, you know, I, I, I mean, we, I, we can't forget that comic books are meant to be enjoyed and to, re- to read and stuff like that. And that's the enjoyment you, you got. And, and it, you know, you, you grew from that. You know, nobody, nobody had the foresight to know that, that, you know, comic books from the 30s and 40s and, you know, 50s and 60s would be worth as much as they are now. And, you know, it's just a lucky accident that, that they uh that they exist in fact um i know we gotta get back to comments but last night uh i got this um i saw this documentary called it's produced by the history channel and it was something like the history of comic books or something like that cool and really um for you guys out there that love comic books you know they didn't really cover anything new you probably know everything that they talked about but like if you have someone who's kind of interested in it or you want to get your girlfriend kind of to understand your passion about it. This might be something kind of good, to, to interesting for them to watch because I'm sure they'll get a lot of enjoyment about it. But anyway, they were talking about how uh, after or during World War II, there was a big paper ration along with metal rations and stuff like that. 
And so a lot of these comic books were recycled, you know, to kind of kind of help with the war effort and stuff. Ooh, that's Pe- just wrong. Yeah. Well, that was people not knowing and comic books being the medium that they were printed on newsprint and just, you know, read them. And, and I, I mean, by no means were they meant to be collected, but that's why they're so collectible today, especially those around that time, because so few survive because of things like that. It makes me wonder some of the books a lot of the old books that came in that collection from my uncle, they were in very good shape. Uh-huh. Not mint or near mint, but extremely well taken care of. Hardly a crease or a dent or anything. And I'm wondering if, you know, if in fact people didn't realize that these may be worth a lot of money, what made them keep those comics in such good condition? You know, that, that's a, you know what? You know what I think it is, Brad? I think it's the same type of... And, you know, you can argue that, that um, or at least I will, that men are more prone to this than women. But guys like to collect stuff. Uh, baseball cards, yeah. toys, you know, and we love to categorize things. And we love to, you know, just keep things. I mean, like like sports stats and stuff like that. Guys love that kind of stuff. And I think that's, that's what possesses some people. You know, did they think that was going to be worth a lot of money? I kind of... You know, I, I would say probably not. They just wanted to to collect them because it was fun. It meant something to them, and you know that's uh, you know I I think people who collect you know in an effort to uh, to have their their bank account or for retirement, I think that's a little foolish. I think they should be collecting because they enjoy it because it makes them happy. I mean, that, that's what any hobby should be about. Downright, would you agree? Yeah, I would think so. Um, I um. You know, I read books like people <clears throat> chain smoke cigarettes. Mm-hmm. When I'm through with a book, whether it be a trade paperback or a hardback or a you know a novel or a paperback or whatever, um, I've got another one. In fact, I've always got one in my bag that I carry with me to work just in case the one I'm in the middle of I happen to finish. Right. I've always got something. And when I'm done with these paperbacks, I collect them. I put them on my shelf. Right. Yeah, it's just, it's almost like a way of just preserving a part of yourself or preserving the past that for me anyway is uh, hard to get rid of sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of like that too to a point, but I do, uh, with books, I give away, I, I'm a little more liberal with giving away. You know, I, I kind of like, um, I'd like to keep the um, the information that you can keeping your head like that makes me happy i get kind of frustrated when i have too much stuff like if i have too many books and stuff like that i'll just pile them up and send them to half uh half price books and you know give them my 20 books and get my dollar 50 back <laughs> but um stupid I, i'm just not a collector i i, I mean there, there are things i do collect but I, I i mean i just don't like to have a lot of stuff i hear you yeah. <clears throat> having a lot of stuff can be problematic yes but uh, it, it, it can be, but I mean, if it makes you happy, yeah, I, I think that's that's what it really comes down to. I guess. Uh, um, okay, well, let's go through some other comments we have. Tell you what, I will read the one off of uh, iTunes. Yeah, we got one there. It's from the Fixer Three Thousand, which um, he the Fixer. Ha- he left us a comment on the web page. Yeah, he did, and he he has one too. The Fixer. I'm sorry, I can't remember your your URL for your show, but he also has a. Uh, a podcast, um, and he goes, this podcast is nothing short of great, and great is in caps. 
Uh, I have no problem with the length of any podcast, but the half-hour format is a pretty cool idea. Their po- I, think, I think he said meant to say pop. Their pop culture references are on point and funny, and the little sound effects that they throw in will give you the giggles. LOL, I am H-O, colon, parentheses. Can't wait for the next episode. And that's from DeFixer. I think it's like DeFixer's house or... You said it the other day. Yeah, I'm sorry, DeFixer. But thank you so much for the comments. Um, it's really uh, it's really cool cool of you. And yeah, we also got one from, uh, from Amy from the UK. She goes by Little Witch... Uh, on um, the CGS form. On the CGS form. She says, uh, "Do you sing in your show? You know, I'm waiting for another song after the CGS rap." <laughs> and for those, oh, that was, I like the the cold killer. Do that yeah. again. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Cutting it off right in <laughs> mid sentence. Yeah. Um, she's referring to a song that that Brad uh, Brad did for CGS. Uh, well, you did bigger. it too. I helped out too. Yeah. Um, and we may play that at a later date. We're kind of talking about it because... Those of you who are familiar with Saturday Night Live obviously know the... Uh, I think it was called Lazy Sunday. Yes. It was the short film that Chris Parnell and Andy Samberg did. It was called Lazy Sunday, but it was all about these guys being very excited to go see The Chronicles of Narnia. And uh, being real hip-hop and gangster. Yeah, and it was a rap. Late. And so Frank and I took that... And change the words, and it was all about the Comic Geek Speak podcast. It's the Comic What Geek Speak podcast. It's the Comic What, what Geek Speak podcast. There you go. So that's what Amy was talking about. So thank you, Amy, for that, and a fixer. Thank you very much. We hope you guys are uh, are doing well today. You know, I got to tell you, right now in Dallas, when we're recording this, it's fact, it's April first. It's April Fool's Day. You got burned. You burned me big time. <laughs> But it wasn't it wasn't of something I did. It's something I showed him. But you knew good and well when you showed me that it was fake. So right. I okay. fell hook, lock and, hook, line, and sinker. So uh, um, so I was on Google today, and they had something about... Do you hey, have it pulled up? I could probably hear Van Polly pulled up. Hold on. Oh, okay. Um, I, I had it open on this, on this PC, but I closed it. We only have one... Only one, net, one network connection. <laughs> All right. Don't pressure me. Okay, 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 okay. Excuse me. <laughs> oh, man. Come on. Did it, the it cable, it cable toot out? Yeah. That's all right. It was basically for, uh, Google had an offer for a brand new, there it is. It's called. It's called Google TIPS Beta. TISP? TISP, thank you. Sign up for the free in-home wireless broadband service. Sick of paying for broadband um, that you have to pay for? Introducing the TISP, our new free in-home wireless broadband. You go through and you read it, and it's like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. I mean, free internet using your wireless? And what they do is they you click a uh, link that says, for more information, click here. Uh, and then it goes on to say, uh, Google, Google TISP is a fully functional end-to-end system that provides in-home wireless access by connecting your common base TISP wireless router to one of the thousand TISP access nodes via fiber optic cable strung throughout the local municipal sewage lines. What? 
And as you go down it, there's a picture of installing the modem, which involves flushing it down the commode. Flushing the cable? Yes. And as you read, you realize this is a joke, and then you realize it's April Fool's Day. Yeah. I was... I was... Angry. (laughs) I got on there, and I was like, oh, wow. I just had to get rid of my home internet service just so I could save some money every, you know, monthly. And and I thought, wow, if they're going to send me... It even sends... They'll send you a, a... a setup guide, a fiber optic cable, a spindle, a wireless router, and CD installation CD. And I thought, oh man, this is so awesome. And then I clicked the get started on Google, uh, TISP. Mm-hmm. T, I guess, stands for toilet. Yeah. And I saw the picture of the toilet. And there's a dead giveaway right on the front page. There, there, there there's a happy family or a mother and son with a with the laptop, and in the background is a commode. Is it what is the word? What is the slogan underneath? Want Wi-Fi around? Just flush it down. Yeah, and so. So, uh, Google actually you have to give him props because that's pretty funny. Yeah, it got me. Okay. And Frank showed me this ad and then he realized he left something at his apartment. So he went back to get it and he waited five minutes and then called me, which was just long enough for me to realize that this was an April Fool's joke. He called me just to, yeah. Just and Brad, to, I, I fell for it too. Did you? I okay. fell for it too. So I just wanted to share the, um, the humiliation. Well, um, you know, the, the, at this time of year in Dallas, the weather is just amazing. Yeah. I mean, blue skies, temperatures nice. are, are in the mid-70s. And I kind of wanted to tell you a little story about what I did yesterday. Eh, it's not terribly funny, but I just want to share it anyway. Okay. So um, so I call up a friend of mine. Actually, I call up a couple people and I go, hey, let's go play miniature golf. It's a beautiful day. Let's go play miniature golf. You have friends? I have friends. All right. I, uh, besides you, I have two other people. But uh, they were, you know, they had something to do. <laughs> But a buddy of they mine were blow goes, drying their goldfish. <laughs> well, one guy wanted to stay home and reminisce. He had planned it out, so he didn't want to give that he up. He actually, on his t- today planner, had scheduled out today's the day I stay home and reminisce. Yes, and um, actually, that's an excuse I use a lot. And uh, the other person just hung up on me. But the third person, <laughs> <laughs> which is true, hey, you want to play miniature golf? Click, click. Um, said, yeah, sure, but I want to look at motorcycles because I'm thinking about getting a motorcycle. So I go, okay, let's go do that. So we went to one shop, and then we went to another shop. And he goes, hey, you're hungry. You want to go grab a bite? So I go, okay, let's grab a bite. So we grab a bite, and it's around 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and you know we're standing out in the parking lot, just finished eating, and I look at him and goes, you don't want to go play miniature golf, do you? He goes, nope. He goes, you had no intention of ever going to go play miniature golf with me. And he goes, uh-uh. So... Then he, he used left, you. He used me. He just wanted someone to go watch motor, uh, to go play, mo- uh, to go look at motorcycles with him. So I was like, oh, okay. Well, you know what? I'm going to go by myself. So I went to the mini golf place, and I'm uh, sandwiched between the, the one family and then a group of friends. Uh-huh. And it's I'm solo. So you know I'm sitting waiting. These people play through these five people. Then I play, and it takes me like a minute, and then I have to sit and wait. Well, um, the people in front of me decide to let me go ahead. And I was like, okay, thanks. I appreciate that. And I kind of wish they hadn't because this was about the third hole that they that they say, go ahead and play through. Right. Because then it took me about 15 minutes to finish the game, <laughs> to go through all 18 holes. And I had kind of enjoyed sitting there watching him play and stuff. And so in the end, you know, after 15 minutes, I'd played my miniature golf and I went, wow, this is, it's sad. You shouldn't play miniature golf by yourself. Goofball. Yeah, goofball. Well, you know, I guess it doesn't really take that. 
It doesn't take. Long, uh, huh? You know what? I mean, the people I had fun watching the people in front of me. I wish I, I should not have played through. But actually, I was kind of hoping that they would invite me. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, but they're like anyway. eight feet tall. They're not going to invite the strange eight feet tall person <laughs> that can play golf. Um, Come entertain our children while we play miniature golf. Can 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 we play the um? What I talked about earlier. Oh just, darn! I should have I should have played that right away. Just uh, I want to, guys. I just somehow want to work this into into our podcast somehow. This music. You want to play it, Brad? It's the according to Jim theme. And I don't know why, but according to Jim, to me is like the most generic comedy out there. It's just so generic. Lame. <laughs> okay, lame. But that song makes me laugh so much, and I want to figure out a way to incorporate that into a show, like after we tell a funny story or something, or something that's kind of sitcomish. What well, if you learn, maybe, like maybe you learn a life lesson? Oh my gosh, that's it! When we learn a life lesson, we will play. I guess I learned a lesson: never play miniature golf by my friends. <laughs> speaking of speaking of TV shows, oh yeah, the topic actually. We didn't really have a topic. We were yeah. just, you know, futzing around. Um, we, you know, we'll talk about TV shows sometimes on this uh, podcast. So I was thinking about old shows that were like favorites mm-hmm. that aren't on the air anymore that you wish were on the air or. Like maybe on in cable land, if you see some, if you see it on, you'll just, it's no matter what you're doing, you'll stop and just watch it. I miss this TV show called Millennium. And what was it about? I vaguely remember it. It was on Fox, um, Lance Henriksen, and uh, I'm blanking on the guy's name. He plays Locke on Lost now. Okay. What's that actor's name? Uh, you know, I don't know that actor's name. Uh, that gum. Terry O'Quinn. Okay, Terry O'Quinn. Um, it was called Millennium because this was this TV show was about the uh, getting ready to be the turn of the century, the mm-hmm. year two thousand. The Millennium was coming, was approaching. There was a group of men called the Millennium Group who were trying to prepare the world for this turn of the century. Right, and uh, Frank Black uh, was the main character's name. That was Lance Henriksen. What? And this was kind of. In the same vein as X-Files, maybe? Well, it was created by the same man, Chris Carter. Okay. It was on Fox. Um, Frank Black, the main character, had a gift, a psychic gift that he could that he could uh, solve crimes by going to the, to the crime scene and having these visions, these psychic flashes. Right. And he used to work for the FBI, employing his gift. Something ma- tragic happened, and he left the FBI. Um, well, when the Millennium was approaching, um, the Millennium Group found out about Frank Black and his gift, and they courted him <clears throat> and tried to get him to join their group. And it, it was a... What's that phrase? Um, crime of the week or bad guy of the week? Okay. Freak of the week. Freak of the week type of deal mm-hmm. where there was an underlying theme. There was an underlying subplot that had to do with Frank Black and 
somebody he put in jail a long time ago. There were clues sprinkled throughout the season about this old adversary of Frank Black coming back to terrorize him and his family. But um, it was really well done. Frank Black, uh, Lance Henriksen was Bishop in the movie Aliens. Yes. The android. Mm-hmm. So, what, Was the show ever resolved? Did they get to the... Um... Well, they made it through three seasons and the sh- they canceled the show before the turn of the century. They canceled oh. it in 99. <clears throat> so, as a result, the whole point of the show was n- never bore fruit. It never came to be. Okay. But, because Chris Carter created x-files and um millennium there was an episode of x-files where frank black and his daughter were on the show and they kind of wrapped up frank black's story oh nice um because it was the turn of the century and uh i think if i remember correctly did um was it molly and scolder who is it? Yeah. Uh, uh, Mul- <laughs> Scully and Mulder? Scully and... Mulder, right? Yeah. Oh, I said Mully and Scolder. Something like that. The two uh-huh. people, I think at the end, they didn't they kiss because it was New Year's Eve or whatever? Oh, you, you know what, Brad? That was one show I never got into. I never X-Files. watched X-Files yeah. except for that that show, that one episode that um that was supposed to wrap up the millennium storyline. So that's the one show that I really, really miss was millennium. The, the one show that's on my list that I really miss is uh, star Trek Voyager. Absolutely adored that show. Loved everything about it. It kind of reminded me of what the old series was because it was different aliens every week. And it was always this confrontation. And are they going to get home? Are they going to get home? Are they going to get home? Lame. No, I loved it. Now, Stupid. Now, I know you were a big fan of DS9. Idiotic. Deep Space Nine. Uh, yeah, Star Trek Deep Space Nine was my favorite. I could not get into that show. I wa- Idiot. I watched. I mean, I tried. You know, the handful of shows I did like. But for the most part, didn't care for it. But um, uh, Voyager made me happy. You know, um, when they brought on Jerry Ryan to be uh, Seven of Nine. That's the only reason I continued to watch it. Yeah, You know, that, that kind of bothered me a little bit because it was like um hey we need to sex up the show well, they knew that it. the show was boring <sighs> that's why they did that i i like i thought it, it was headed in the right direction the whole time but were, she, but she was a great character i'm glad they put her in there but i think they put her in there for like kind of the wrong reasons but out of seven seasons in my opinion they had less than a season's worth of edible meat mm, i disagree loved it loved it well, let's talk about this other show on Fox that we both really liked. Yeah, John, John Doe. John Doe was on three years ago. Three years four ago, years yeah. ago, and now the main actor is actually Dominic in, Purcell. He's in Prison Break. Prison right Break. Now. He's Lincoln Burroughs. Lincoln Burroughs, who was uh, falsely accused of of murdering the vice president's, um, well, of the president's brother, whatever. Right. Yeah, he's on. He's on Prison Break. And that show, John Doe, was awesome. Loved it. Do you remember the final episode? The final episode gives me chills. Yeah. I and loved it. We were very angry when they didn't bring the show back. Yes. And it was the way the show started out was this man woke up. Was he in was he 
in the ocean when, or had he been rescued he, and he put was, on the boat yet? He might have woken up, or was he on the beach? I think he woke up like just on an island, and then he swam out. Maybe I don't recall. All I remember is he woke up, and he didn't know where he was, mm-hmm. who he was, and he had absolutely no memory of of himself. But, but he could tell you everything. Everything else. You asked him a question about anything, and he knew what it was. Yeah. And it was just there was like an underlying mystery that ran throughout the the season, and there was this one guy that kind of stumbled into being his friend. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking up the actor's name right now, unless you can remember it. You mean the the William Forsyth? Yeah, him. Yeah, he was. He um, ran. The, he ran the bar that. That he lived above. He got a job. He he got a job playing the piano. Playing the piano, and there he is, right there. Yeah, right there. Digger. That was his character's name. Yeah. And it there was this other mystery man that was following John Doe throughout the season. And long story short, yeah, jo- John Doe was basically trying to figure out why he was in the state that he was in. Yeah. And he had some type of mystery, uh, mystery symbol burnt into his back or, or was it a tattoo or something like that? Yeah. And it turned out that there was a secret organization that mm-hmm. was breeding like an army of people to do this. And he was like the beta version or the alpha version of, of what was eventually going to come. Mm-hmm. And, uh, had something to do with the Phoenix, the order of the Phoenix or something. something. Like is that, that, is that a Harry Potter book Order of the Phoenix? I, actually, I think it is, but it had to do with this, Big red bird, and anyway, it turns out Digger, the guy who had befriended him, turned out he was involved in this organization. He was he was the head yeah. guy. I mean, he he was a. Uh, in fact, the final scene from the final episode, which it never got resolved, it was just the final episode no. that Fox aired, was uh, John Doe trying to is he's going to see the face of the person that's been tormenting him this whole time, and they end up in this tunnel, and the guy runs up the tunnel. Opens up a hatch. John Doe's down up, looking up. The guy turns around. It's William Forsythe. It's the guy who's been his friend Digger. his whole time. Yeah. Digger. And John Doe is just He's <gasps> shocked. And everyone who watched that show, oh, there's a timer. Everyone minutes. was in shock and couldn't believe it. Yeah, it was a fantastic show. It was. I thought it was smart and it was well written. Uh-huh. It was had just enough mystery, underlying mystery that that was. Um, wanted you to come back week after week and then of course i mean you could you could argue it was it was almost like um kind of like lost like a predecessor to lost yeah. you know there was this mystery that just had to get solved and you had to watch every week to figure out what that mystery it was, was pretty awesome okay we're out of here yeah okay well if you have any comments please send it to half hour wasted at gmail.com or visit us at half hour com, or visit our comic space at comic space dot com slash half hour wasted Anything that has half hour wasted in it that you find on the internet, more likely us. Yeah, more than likely All us. All right. So, uh, you guys have a good week. Yeah, this is Frank A. Rincon. And Bradley Keith Milo. And thanks for listening to uh, Half Hour Wasted.